0: If by any chance you don't know my name and you are in this place, my name is Baba And I have the awesome privilege of leading this community called Following Jesus. And together we are trying to follow Jesus and remain true to his word. So this morning we are going to be starting a new series on the book of Ephesians. We've titled this one The Equipping Church. The equipping church. And why the equipping church? Because we believe that part of the church's role is to equip its people with relevant practical theological tools that will prepare and shape them for everyday life. It's okay to have A feel-good sermon but if that sermon is not gonna equip us to know how to live our lives every day Mm. what's what's the use so we want and believe that part of our role as a church is to equip one another with relevant information and practical tools That can shape our everyday lives. The second reason is that equipping is part of our five priorities. So as a church, during this series, we want to focus on practical ways in which we can equip one another. Using the vision that we've shared a few weeks ago and preparing ourselves as we journey and see that vision Come to life So we hope that as we Journey into this series And as we Conclude this series whenever that will be We will feel equipped We will feel empowered By The Holy Spirit and we will Equip one another As a community So this book of Ephesians was written by the Apostle Paul and the Apostle Paul in fact like the video said if you want to know his story more go and read from Acts chapter 19 when he actually arrives in Ephesus and the things that he encounters and the things that he does when he gets there he spends about three years in this community planting churches and equipping the church and strengthening the church But Paul was not always Paul. Paul at some point was Saul. And Saul was the persecutor and the punisher of the church. So God takes this man who used to punish people for believing in Jesus and transforms his heart and turns him into the one who's punished for believing in Jesus Christ. If you read the story of Paul, Paul had an amazing spiritual journey with Christ. But his journey has always been a tough one, one of persecution. In fact, he writes this letter of Ephesians from a prison cell. And in his prison cell, They would allow him to have visitors. And he would write letters and give his visitors letters to give to different people that he's done ministry with. And this is when he wrote this letter and gave it to someone to pass it to this church. So we see first, just from Paul, as a person, the power that God has to transform us into his servants. So just by understanding who Paul is, we see that no one is beyond God's grace. (laughs) I want you to think about someone who you think is beyond God's grace right now. Who's the worst criminal that you've ever seen on TV or you've ever read about or you've ever encountered? Huh? I'm, going, I'm not going to comment. <laughs> so, whoever that person is, whoever that person is in your mind, let me not mention names before I get into trouble. <laughs> I'm saying to you today, that person is not beyond God's grace. God can touch that person, transform their hearts, and can use them as servants towards advancing his kingdom. And Paul is the basis of that. But Paul had to open himself up after the encounter he had and he had to make a choice of following Christ. So when we look at this group called the Ephesians, they existed in a city that was much like Jobek. It's a city where everybody wanted to be. Their economy was booming, and stuff was happening. For that time, they had a population of about 300,000 people. And for that age and time, it was a lot. In Jo'burg today, we have more than 5 million people just in Jo'burg, And you can imagine the population that we have here. And the booming economy. I don't know if it's booming, but the, the active economy that's happening in Jo'burg, And this was the efficient change. So with this came a lot of pressures for them. Because like following Jesus, they had people who came from different cultures and backgrounds, who came into their society, who came into their church, and they had to learn from scratch how to live amongst one another. They had to learn how to take the gospel and make it relevant and contextualize it and have practical tools that can help them to exist amongst one another. So Paul writes to them and says to them, I want to remind you of who you are and whose you are. You are in Joburg, but you are not of Joburg. You are in Ephesus, but you are not of Ephesus. Because what was happening in the church, some people in the church were starting To adopt some of the cultures That were happening in the city They were starting to be attracted By things that were not supposed To attract them So Paul sends this reminder to them Of who they are And whose they are So Paul Writes to this community With the aim of doing few things Number one He reminds them of their identity in Christ He encourages them And he equips them with practical tools to know how to exist in that city. And then he charges them to say, if you are going to exist in this city, you need to arm yourself with this kind of tools. So when you read this book of Ephesians, you actually get a lot of taste of what God was doing through this community And you can see in the book of Acts from chapter 19 going forward. And what Paul is doing in this community in the book of Revelation chapter 2 and 3 Jesus himself comes back to this church when he writes seven letters to the seven churches. And he says to this church and repeats the words that Paul uses in chapter 1 and say you have been faithful. You have done well up to so far. But Jesus comes and says, you've done well by keeping the doctrines that you are taught, but you've lost your first love, which is me. So Jesus goes to them and says, you are doing everything right. You are faithful in every way but you've lost your first love for me. So Paul writes to this community and says, hey, hey, hey. Remember who you are. Remember your first love. Remember the one who died for your sins. Amen. And he reminds them of that. So what are we hoping this series will do and teach us as the community of following Jesus? One, one, We hope this series can help us. For those who were here when Dave Patterson was here, he chose metaphors or he chose ways in which we can start seeing the church. And he had four of those, which I'm stealing because I see them as appropriate for us to use as we move along this series. Number one, I'm hoping that this series will start helping us see HH, following Jesus, our community, as a hospital. As a place where the wounded can come, find healing, be equipped, and be set on their way to advance the kingdom of God. So for me, And for us as a team, we hope that this series will help us remember who we are, whose we are, and see this place that we exist in as a hospital where we can heal one another. We can equip one another. Because this community suffered from many wounds during their time in Ephesus. So every time they gathered, they encouraged one another. They strengthened one another and they healed one another. Do you know, they say that the most divided time in the world, in race, Is between 8 o'clock and 10 o'clock on Sunday mornings. Mm. Because it is at that time when the blacks go to church and to church as black people, when the white people go to churches, when the Anglicans, when we seclude ourselves from everyone else and we go worship in small pockets in the name of Jesus. Mm -hmm. The most divided... Ours are between those times on a Sunday when we are supposed to be giving glory to God and praising Jesus. So this community of Ephesus come together and they say, hey, no, 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 no. We cannot continue that. We are people from, remember there were Jews and there were Gentiles. They didn't know how to exist together. And they come together and say, hey, this is a hospital for us. Those who are wounded can come. Those who are rejected can come. Those who are not accepted can come. And let's together heal one another through the gospel. The second thing that David Patterson said, Dave Patterson said, he said, We must start seeing church as a family. And what does family do together? We love one another, we laugh with one another. We cry with one another. We play with one another. We eat together. We fight together. Don't we fight? Who has a family that doesn't fight? Come, let's pray for you. But if we see ourselves as a family, if we allow this series to build us in this pursuit of being a community, That is authentic, a community of people who love one another deeply. We will see and heal one another. So it's very important that as we go through the series, we see each other as a family. What do they say about family? They say, if you come from... I remember when I was growing up with my brothers, even if my brother saw that I was wrong, he'll say, hey, blood is thicker than water, wena." I'm going to defend you. I'll tell you about your mistakes when you get back home. (laughs) So as a family, blood is thicker than water. We stand together. But for us as following Jesus' people, the blood that keeps us together is the blood of Christ. The blood that unifies us is the blood of Christ. The blood that keeps us loving one another even after we see the mess in each other is the blood of Christ. Because family sees beyond mistakes. Family encourages, family loves, family strengthens, family loves together, family cries together. So as we said that we are pilgrims on a journey, We need to be a family together. We need to be unified. And unity does not mean uniformity. It does not mean we behave the same way. It does not mean we must be the same way. But there must be something that unifies all of us. And that's Christ at the center. So you come as you are, you celebrate who you are, like this community of Ephesus, and they come and say, look, we are one new man. But come as a Zulu, as a Tosa, as an Afrikaner, as a Zimbabwean, as a Malawian. And let's take this food salad and make it beautiful. And let's declare it to the world. And let's try to reclaim those two hours that is divided on a Sunday. And let us say, as following Jesus, the picture that you want to project, the good news that you want to tell the world, is the one that bridges the gap between the divide. So as a community, we want to see ourselves in this series and build that family aspect. And thirdly, and thirdly, we want to make sure that we see ourselves as a school. This should be a place of learning for all of us. I'm saying this with the best approach and the best uh, I don't know what you call it, but if you are in this room and you think you are so mature that you can never be taught anything, after the service, come to me and let me pray for you and let's ask Jesus to welcome you in heaven. Because in this, you don't have space. This is not a space for people who cannot learn anything new. This is a space where we are forever learning, we are forever growing. Those who spend a lot of time around me will tell you, not in a bad way, that I try to avoid using the term, I'm a mature believer. I know what the term means when I say I'm a mature believer. But I try to avoid it because for someone who's standing next to me, who feels inadequate, they think, when am I going to get to that maturity? Because then every time I start quoting scripture without even looking at the Bible, they're like, oh, that's what maturity looks like. And that's not. You can display maturity without making others feel or hear that you keep saying that you are matured. Live out a matured life. Keep learning every day. And allow God to transform your heart every day. So in this series, we're going to learn how to be students of God's word. So our hope is that we're going to treat This series, we're going to treat this church as a school where everybody can come in and learn, live empowered to go make an impact out there in advancing the kingdom of God. And the fourth thing that we want and we wish this series can do for us is that we'll start to see this church as an army of God that prepares us for battle and the work of the ministry. There's a, there's a movie, if you haven't seen it, and it's called... Um, oh, my gosh. Mm. Babe, that one... No, it's... <laughs> that one, baby, that speaks about the guy who goes back for all the other guys and he's wounded himself. Uh, so, um, Sh- Shoshan Grich? No, no. Saved by Father Ryan, no. No? Man, the, the, the soldier yes. was an object... Objective? What? Conscientious. Conscientious? Yeah, that, that, that. Huh? Conscientious, objector. Conscientious objector. He refused to carry a rifle, so he became. ala. Hexoridge. Give it to Wayne, guys. Wayne Wayne spends a lot of time watching TV. Wayne was a medic. Ah, you see, that's why that movie meant a lot to him because. The guy that I'm speaking about, he was that thing that uh, you said, conscientious objector. And he refused to carry a weapon. And they tried everything they could to make him carry a weapon. He refused. And he always carried his Bible with him. And he chose to be a medic. And this guy, as part of the bigger army going out into battle, goes to fetch all his wounded uh, soldiers and brings them down to where? Back to the hospital to be treated for their wounds. So as an army of God, when we reach the space of being an army, it does not mean we won't be wounded anymore. There might still be things that wound us that forces us to go back to the place of being a hospital. And then we come together and we heal one another. So this guy would go onto the high cliff using a rope and his hands were cut by the rope. And he would go, duck bullets, go into ditches. I mean, he was facing a an attack of note. But every time after he fetched a soldier and put him down safe, he would say, oh my God, can I have one more, please? Can I have one more, please? And by the time he finished, Wayne, he managed to save what? 148? 148 of his fellow soldiers. And his hands were cut. His body was wounded. He was shot. But he said, I'm part of the bigger army. And together we're going to face the battle. And if God can give me one more, I'll go out. So we hope as we do this series, it will bring us together, see ourselves as an army, an army of the most high, where when we see another soldier going down, we'll say, God, I know the bullets are tough. I know that I'm about to be killed. I'm attacked myself. I know I'm going through hell myself. But God, for him, for her, I'm going to go. Just one more, God. So our hope in this series is that we're going to see ourselves as these four things and we're going to allow that rotation to keep happening. In the, se- in, the, in the season where you feel like I need to learn new things, you come. In the season where you feel like you are wounded, you need a hospital, you come. In the season where as a family you feel like stuff is breaking down, you come. We discuss, we resolve. And there's a season where we feel like we need an army of God to come together and go out there and fight the battle, you come. And we do it together. So in the week, as we talk about a school, you know that we've started a new thing called Building Blocks. And that's the week where we'll be empowering each other, equipping each other, and training each other with tools that can help us as we move forward. I hope you've put those in your calendars, and then we are going to be going through that for the whole year. We'll have cycles of Building Blocks where we see opportunities to equip one another. So this book of Ephesians is going to take us time. God has brought it at the right time with our vision to help us, to take us along as pilgrims on a journey. So for us, we see Ephesians bearing a story that bears That bears the true marks of this community. We see um, people who are weak, but who pursue God even in that weakness. We see people who are faithful, who have been saving for a while, but somehow, somewhere they lose their first love, get encouraged, encourage one another, and get back in line together. We see in the book of Ephesians, people with real stories, with real lives. But we see people who continue to love one another as a community and pursue relationships with one another. Remember, this book will keep reminding us about who we are and whose we are. The book of Ephesians will help us to solidify our faith in Christ. And for us in this room who are still searching, who are still trying to understand exactly what does it mean to follow Christ, We believe and hope that this series will solidify and help you understand even more what being loved by Christ means. And for us who've been walking this journey with Christ, we hope that this will renew and refresh us and will strengthen us and prepare us to go out and declare the goodness of this good news. The book of Ephesians is going to help us hopefully, to move from living with Christ, but now move to a place where we live for him. Christ is not just going to be in us, but we're going to allow him in us to transform us so that we can live for him. We're going to appreciate, as we go through this book, the power of prayer. And we go, we're going to continue, as we've started already, this thing of praying together. When Paul writes this letter, he prays over and over. He encourages over and over. He strengthens over and over through prayer. And as a community, we're going to look at this book of Ephesians and see how we can grow as we've started already in our uh, thing of praying together. So, as we, as I am about to conclude now, I'm encouraging you, as we go through this series, start asking yourself these questions from an inward journey point of view, from an outward journey point of view, and from the forward journey point of view. Start asking yourself this question. Do I know who I am and whose I am? Am I right in right standing with the one who loves me? Not from a guilt point of view, but from a growth point of view, because we want to grow in Him, with him through him. So we want you to ask yourself these questions as we move along. Do I know the gifts that God has put in me that I can use to add value in this community? To advance God's kingdom. The community in Ephesus. The community in Ephesus. Was a community that had many gifts. And when Paul writes to them. He says hey. Remember you have different gifts. And different gifts. Should be used by different people. And together. We can bring those gifts in one pot. And advance the kingdom of God. So it will be helpful if you ask yourself, am I aware of the gifts that God has put in me so that in this community, I can help to advance his kingdom? And then you can ask yourself, what training do I need to help me grow in my faith? I've already mentioned the building blocks. If there is any training that you need, we have the week of building blocks that can help you Grow in your faith in different aspects so that you can see yourself growing inwardly, outwardly, and forwardly in your journey with Christ. We want to, together as a community, serve one another and serve God better. So I'm very excited about this series. I hope you are too. Because God is going to use this series to shape us as we move forward. God is going to use this series to continue molding us as we move forward. I'm going to ask the team to come back on stage and to sing a song with us. One of the things that we are asking you to do, one of the things that we are asking you to do as practical ways for us as a community to allow this series to keep building ...and to keep equipping us... ...is that as a community... ...and as people belonging to home groups... ...I'm going to ask that we hold on just a little bit... ...before we go that side to prepare the tea and coffee. This is very important what I'm sharing. We are asking that... ...as the leadership... ...we will be issuing out... ...home group guidelines... Study guides. We're preparing some content that can help you and help us to all move with the same heart, with the same spirit. So, we know and appreciate that different home groups sometimes go, di- they go through different things. Sometimes they go through their own, um, maybe they go through a Bible book or something for this season, when we do the book of Ephesians, we're asking that you pack that and you follow the outline and the study guide to allow ourselves to all be on the same page as a church and to see how God is gonna, what God is going to do through this series. So we ask you to do that. We will provide you with guidelines, with outlines, and with um, the... What is is, study guides and every week we'll try to make sure that after the church on Sunday for those who meet on a Monday you'll have it ready for yourselves so we pray and we hope that this service is going to help all of us we pray and we hope that the Holy Spirit is going to guide you and us as a community as we build going forward And yes, we are all led by the Holy Spirit. If in your home group in that particular uh, day, God is doing something different, we are not legalistic, we are not forcing people as the Holy Spirit leads. But we want to encourage you to partner with us, to move with us, so that together we can see ourselves come one as a community. Listen, God is doing something beautiful in this community. And the more we remain together, the more we remain one in spirit and one in heart, I promise you, we'll start seeing the amazing things that God wants to do in us and through us. Amen? Amen? Amen.